Right, I need to do this before my son wakes up. This is the episode 100 of Just Because the Human Experience Podcast. 100! And I'm finally, that's right, wearing underwear for this one. My guest was Jess Patrick. She's a very, very good friend of my wife's, but I would also hope me. We had a podcast with some peeps a couple years ago, and the whole reason this podcast, the Just Because the Human Experience podcast, exists is because of her. She inspired me with her uh, want and need to talk about social justice issues and to have those conversations. And when I started this, I wanted to keep that in mind. I wanted to have those conversations with different people from different walks of life. So I thought it would be great to have her on. It was also Serena's idea. And she makes sure I don't do anything stupid. She's pretty successful about 70% of the time. So brainstorming with Serena, episode 100. I asked Jess to come on, and of course she did because she's awesome. She's super cool. We had to do it through Zoom because I don't know if you've heard of the coronavirus. But we talk about a lot of cool things. Take notes. It's pretty awesome. I really appreciate her time. You can follow her on Instagram and Twitters at Jessica Lacey. That's Jessica as how humans spell it. Not those crazy other spellings. Lacey, L-A-C-I-E. Jess Patrick. She was she was great, and I'm super happy and super excited to be able to share this with everybody. Hundred episodes. I'm finishing a MySpace survey. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm just kidding. How are you? Oh, fucking coffee. So far. Coffee. Go get your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I got it. You got it. You I did, did it. it. I have mine. You have yours. Mm-hmm. What's on yours? Um, it's a deer. <laughs> I don't like how... Says Greer, Arizona. I like the actor okay. Richard Greer. Yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that was wrong. Yeah, exactly. Who's that? The, yeah, from Pretty Woman. Oh, right, right, right. Richard Greer. And then it's got a deer because in Greer, Arizona, there's a lot of hunting. I didn't go there to hunt, but yeah, Yay. mostly I just like that the mug looks like one of those tin mugs. Yeah. You can clink on the jail cell. Oh my gosh. I don't know what I look like. We covered all the mirrors because we heard that slows down coronavirus. Mm -hmm. That's what Trump said. So, I mean, it must be true. Yeah, you you should listen to the things he says. For sure. (laughs) We're all going to (laughs) die. Slowly and angrily. (laughs) Angrily and sitting in our houses watching Netflix. How are you? Yeah. Oh, God. I'm, what was that look in your eye? 
Just all the Netflix. <laughs> that was the thinking of dying slowly in my house, watching Netflix, and how I'm kind of at the end of Netflix, though. So <gasps> you've you've reached it. I yeah, I don't know. I feel like there are some things I still haven't watched, but that's been real purposeful. I don't want to watch those things. And I'm yeah. To the point where I'm like, well, maybe I should see what they're about. Maybe I should watch that terrible tiger show. Mm, I still don't, don't want to. Don't do it. Yeah. I I'm refusing to because I I have this weird rule in my head when um like ten or more people mention it I just oh, nope not doing it oh my god you why. should watch this you're gonna love you're it gonna I love... know you really well and I think you're gonna like this tiger bullshit yeah I go oh I so don't you don't know, you know me, me at all. all yeah Susan slow down you don't yeah. know me a little I bit. don't know how did you get into my house um, <laughs> so I. Yeah, so I'm not going to watch the Tiger King? Yeah, I'm not going to either, and I support you. We can be a club of cool. two. We'll start, we'll start Zoom meetings weekly about how we don't watch <laughs> Tiger King. And we hate everyone who does. No, we thank you. Every, there, I don't think there's any Asians in Tiger King. I'm really upset. I think. They're I don't not. know. I don't know. I, I just see the guy with the mullet a lot. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. There's a, a couple of those, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I there's a lot of not okay about that, but um, about the Tiger King and about mullets. Although, oh, yeah. Without my hairstylist, I'm feeling a little mullety. So that's not mullety. I don't hate it. I mean, it's no, getting it looks there. great. No, it's not a mullet. Thanks, thanks. I would have I mean, deleted this right as soon. No nope, mullet. Turn it off. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> We're not recording. It's gonna be me and my dogs. Um, but yeah, I wanted to have you on, um, for this episode, it's number 159,000, uh, no, 100th episode. Hey, thank you. And, um, so when I was brainstorming with Serena, cause that's what I do to make sure I don't do anything stupid. Um, (laughs) we said, Hey, you should have Jess on. Yeah. And, um, I thought that that'd be a great idea because it, it, it is because of you that I started this. Uh, when we did the other podcast um, with those three fools um, <laughs> and it you inspired me to do it after talking with you a lot and so I thought hey I I think it's fitting that you should be on because um, I, I continue doing it and I love it more and more that I do it and it wouldn't have happened if if you didn't introduce me to it. Oh, well, I feel like you would have stumbled into it eventually. Doesn't everyone have a podcast now? (laughs) (laughs) It definitely seems like it. Um, I mean, during Corona, I think we all do, right? Oh, everybody should get one now. Live from my couch. This is it. Quarantine live with me. Um, (laughs) I'm sure someone has done that already. But yeah, so I I wanted to have you on and, and talk to you for... Uh, four minutes and then that's it okay bye okay this was fun no tiger king bye no tiger king bye till next that's time my hard, my hard stance i'm taking in my four minutes is no tiger king okay, no bye. tiger king um <laughs> but what i did notice when we'd have meetings or whenever we would talk about uh the first podcast was you had a real drive for talking about social justice issues and um you wanted to look a lot deeper where Ivan and I were kind of, we said like team doofy, like we were kind of just goofballs. Um, <laughs> and it, and it struck me because this is a great platform to have those kind of conversations. 
And so I, I really love that about you. And um, where does that come from for you? Uh -oh. I'm adjusting, but I'm still with you. There we go. Okay, cool. I'm trying to like find the comfy spot in my I house. know. That's what I'm, it's, yeah. This bathroom um, is so weird. <laughs> it's impressive that you're in your bathroom. We have our clothes in the bathroom. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's terrible. Um, fashion show later for sure. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, the social justice thing. I don't know. There's a lot of, um, where does that come from? I don't know. I think it's been a thing for me ever since I was young. Um, it was really important. I grew up religious. I'm not a religious person now, but I grew up religious and I had this incredible, um, my grandmother, um, who lived to be 102 and she was fantastic. Cool. Um, she was probably the driving force between, um, that sort of taught me how to be engaged, like civically engaged and why it's important to be a member of your community and not in like patriotic over American ways, but more just like a, it's an important, like it's, a, it's important for people to be there for each other and to look out for the underserved parts of civilization and the um, voices that aren't heard. Um, mm -hmm. Because someday, so she lived through the great depression. And so her stance probably came a lot from that. And in, in times where we are kind of similarly in that, I'm not going to say it's as bad as the Great Depression, but there are some similar aspects to that now where she had seen times where it was really important for people to come together in order to survive and in order to like be heard by the government and by the forces that were supposed to be taking care of them. Um, so she instilled in me and in my and the rest of my family like this um, drive to look out for people, a drive to um, not save people, but just like be in community with people and like think about other people and yeah. think about yeah. what it takes to be part of community. So I think um, her, I would say more than anything else, but probably a little bit that growing up religious in a, in a church that was um, driven to take care of people, probably a little bit of that too. Yeah. yeah. And what, um, besides protesting uh tiger king uh what are some <laughs> current social issues or social injustices that personally draw you because so, we can't yeah. fight i feel like we it, it's really hard to fight every single battle everywhere yeah. um yeah. are there uh a few for you that stick out yeah i mean you're right there are so many um i could you and I both probably could list forever all yeah. of the social justice issues from like huge society changes that need to be seen all the way down to like little things. Um, but I think some of the work that I'm doing now in Tucson, um, I've gotten really active in the harm reduction community. So um, I work with a grassroots kind of help start a grassroots um, group where we go out into, do you know harm reduction? Do you know what harm reduction is? I don't know. I don't know it. Yeah. I would love to hear it. Yeah. So harm reduction is a philosophy that um, kind of governs more than what people typically think. Um, so the idea that we have seatbelts in our cars, for right. instance, is a harm reduction um, method of keeping yourself safer. So we recognize that getting into a car has a huge statistic for there's um, a likelihood that you could get hurt or get in an accident, right? Um, but the um, putting a seatbelt in there reduces your harm a little bit or that possibility of harm takes that risk down a little bit. 
Um, the same thing for instance, using safe sex methods, using condoms, um, using birth control, those are harm reduction um, and uh, disease reduction methods. And so the harm reduction work that I do is we go into the community of folks who, people who are using drugs and we get them supplies so that um, supplies and we do testing and we get condoms if people need condoms, but we, we try and teach people and help people who are doing things um, to do them in a way that are going to be less. Hi, Serena. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, say hi. Okay. Hi, Ollie. Stop. Say hi. Bye. They're in the bathroom. <laughs> they would be in the bathroom. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was exactly. Did you guys set that up? Because that's exactly that clip where the guy's doing oh. the interview and the kid comes in and the and mom ninjas like in and pulls him out. <laughs> no, they were. I wish. We did that. Uh, no, they just finished eating breakfast. I love it. I, yeah, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to yell at them. No. Uh, no, no. I'm happy to see them. Um, um, so, the, um, so the work that I do is going into the community, and sometimes um, it's the unhoused community or the folks who are homeless in Tucson and getting them methods and getting them supplies so that they can um, do what they're going to do anyways. Mm -hmm. um, but do it in a way that is safer for them and therefore safer for our community, like creates a, um, a safer community and is kind of public health minded um, and does it with dignity. So we, I have um, folks that I know in the community, we go out, we make relationships with people and we sometimes are the only folks who check in on these people. So there are people, friends that I have in the community that live outside. I see weekly, I say hi, they say hi, they ask me how it's going, like during the winter. If I'm sitting and tabling and crocheting, they'll check in with me every week and be like, how's that scarf going? And I'm like, it's great. Thanks, Billy. Like, <laughs> um, so the harm reduction work there is really important to me. And then because of the harm reduction work that I do, um, looking out for and being thoughtful of our folks, our community members who live outside and the community members who are houseless. Um, right now is a is something that's really near, especially right now, especially during the pandemic, um, has been something that's really near and dear to my heart too. And treating people with dignity and mm -hmm. allowing them to have some autonomy, even even folks who are choosing to live outside, letting them have dignity and autonomy. So, I think right now, I mean, you know, and everything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what motivates you to keep going? Because I'll see, I'll watch like a documentary or we saw um just mercy last night which is about um the death row inmates yeah. and then i feel that whole thing of i'm gonna do something about it and then uh i don't the next morning and then i just play <laughs> games on my phone uh so what yeah. keeps you going in that I, i'm sure sometimes it's frustrating or um i'm sure it's a lot mentally to to carry that uh but what keeps you going? Um, it is very frustrating. Um, I think this week has been particularly frustrating on a lot of those, those in a lot of that work that I'm trying to help with. Um, I think for me, having a community of folks who are like-minded has been helpful. So if it were just me going into a park trying to just meet people and like get supplies to people. I don't know. I don't know that a, I would ever try 
to attempt that, like to just walk into a park and be like, hi, I'm Jess. Here's some condoms. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. But um, I think having a community of folks who are like-minded, who I can bounce ideas off, who I can go in community with out to meet people and feel a little safer that way, like in situations where um, I don't know folks. And then like this week especially has highlighted how important it is to have folks who are like-minded so that I can call them or zoom them and be like, this sucks. Like it sucks and it doesn't feel like it's getting any better and I don't know how to deal. And it just like, it just feels like it sucks. It doesn't feel like there's a way out and to have other people be like, it does suck. Like it sucks, but we, we have decided to try and be a voice for folks who aren't, um, aren't heard. And it's important to keep going with that and to keep, um, to keep that momentum or that drive. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we talk about in the group that I'm part of, so um, the grassroots group that I'm part of is called COSI or COSIT, C-O-S-I-T. And it's short for the Church of Safe Injection Tucson, which is sounds churchy. It's not. It's mostly so that we can have a tax-exempt ID status. Um, but the one of the things that we say in our group is you do as much as you can when you can, and no, there's no um, shame. In, in having to step back or having to be like, I just can't go to that meeting. I can't sit in a meeting with cops. I can't sit in a meeting with the mayor and have them tell us, no, we care about homeless folks and then have them turn around and like push people out of parks. Yeah. Um, so we were really careful about um, not shaming each other for setting boundaries and being like, I can't this week or I need to like, I need to step back for a minute, but I'm coming back. Um, so it's nice to have a group of folks who also kind of we care for each other and we are cognizant of like burnout and how often that happens and how hard the work is. Yeah. And can you, can you touch on, I mean, you did touch on, but can you um, go more in depth with some of the more frustrating obstacles um, that you kind of run into in your work? Yeah. I mean, harm reduction in general, um, so there's there's different points of view on um, what kind of supplies we should give people and what kind of autonomy people should have. So of course they're in a society made up of people who have different ideas about the way you should live. Um, in the same way, um, so my professional job is working at the Southern Arizona AIDS Foundation, and we give out condoms and we do testing and we um, we do education for folks who. Um, who may not get really good sex education otherwise to keep people safe mm-hmm. in the same way that people are like, if you give people, if you give kids condoms, they're just going to have sex. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's what uh, happens. Right. That's how it works. Right. Um, so in that same idea of where people don't want someone to be doing something. So if you supply them with safe ways to do it, you're encouraging them. It's very hard in the harm reduction work that I do when we're working with um, people who use drugs. Um, to come up against the society idea that like if you're giving people syringes unused sterile syringes you're encouraging them to use you're encouraging them to be heroin users you're enabling them Mm. um, to use drugs if you're giving them glass pipes you're enabling and you're encouraging them to do meth Um, it's very hard to continuously be met with that point of view Um, it doesn't matter how much statistics how many um 
how many medical journals I can throw at people. Um, they don't hear it. They don't want to hear it, I think, sometimes is what it comes to. And sometimes, I mean, I've had conversations with folks where it really came down to someone in their life had dealt with what, um, with, with some kind of drug use, some drug use that was harmful for them and their family. And that's why that person has such like a harsh view on harm reduction. Um, and sometimes I can get to that place with you, my dogs. Yeah. Sometimes I can get to that place with people and be like, man, it sounds, and I can relate to them and say, it sounds like you went through a lot with um, alongside someone who you loved a lot. And they sounded like they were struggling. And other times it's people who just have this very hard view of, no, people shouldn't do drugs. People shouldn't have sex. People shouldn't be over 150 pounds. I mean, I don't know what it is that all these rules come from, but it just is this very unwavering mentality that I almost feel like strips away at people's dignity mm-hmm. and their autonomy and their right to choose what their life looks like. Yeah. yeah. And do you find any pushback um, from the the homeless community or people choosing to live uh, without homes on on that end? Does that make sense? What the hell? I'm waiting for the coffee to kick in. Do you find yeah. any pushback from them uh, kind of questioning, you know, what are you doing here? Why um, would you be helping us? I don't know. Yeah, sometimes. I mean... Uh- um, so there's two ends in that spectrum too. It's the same thing. So people will be of a certain mind. Um, folks who are living outside have the same mentalities of, of folks who are living inside, I guess. So um, if you're brought up religious and that drugs are bad or you had experiences with drugs that were really negative, um, I've met those same folks that live outside too. So maybe they're not outside because of drugs or whatever, and they have negative experiences and they, br- they may be brought up with negative experiences with drugs, or maybe they just don't think that that's a good way to live. So they'll be like, you're enabling folks. You're the reason a lot of these folks are out here, even though they yeah. are someone who are living outside too. And the other side is um, when we haven't met someone yet, if I'm just like interacting with someone for the first time, there's a lot of suspicion because um, often it's clear that I'm not someone who lives outside. I'm not a face that people, that, that person knows. Um, so because our system and our society often just grinds up people and spits them out, um, we're met with suspicion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and not only that, like if somebody just walked up and was like, Hey, I got some stuff to help you with your drugs. You'd be like, uh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Cop. Like, <laughs> um, so we rely on the relationships that we make with people. We rely on, like, we really have to be consistent in going out into the community. We hit the same places, the same spots around town pretty often so that people kind of get to know our faces mm. um, and they get to trust us and then they understand. Sometimes they'll even ask us, like, why do you guys do this? And they are someone that we know, but they'll say, why do you come out and do this? Like, no one cares and nobody does this. And it seems like a, a weird thing a weird thing for you to choose to do. And, and then I, I'm able to have the conversation and say, well, um, I think people should care. And I think that um, it's really admirable that, that you want to use um, unused syringes, sterile syringes, because you know that that keeps you safer. And then that keeps society a little safer. 
I think it's admirable that you want to get tested to find out how you can keep yourself and your friends and our community safe. And then I can kind of be someone showing a, a little bit of compassion or give a little bit of dignity back to that person um, and have a real conversation with someone who, especially if they are someone who lives outside. Um, I, I've had conversations with folks who have said, you're the first person in two weeks that has had like more than a one word conversation with me, which yeah. just like breaks my heart. And it's because um, as a society, we try not to see people who are living outside and we try not to see people who are using drugs, who are, um, yeah. 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 Who are having a hard time, who have a problematic relationship with drugs. So, and that's the other thing I just want to hit on real quick is that in our society, um, we have this idea of what a drug, drug user looks like, right? But it's really common for folks to use recreational drugs. It's really common for us to drink coffee and, mm-hmm. um, and change our mood with caffeine. And so not everyone um, has a problematic relationship with drugs. There are plenty of people who can have one kind of drug like I can do Molly at a concert and have like a great time. And that was a recreational weekend or go to Coachella and just be rolling and have mm-hmm. the best time and then come back to life, come back to my normal life and have it be fine. Um, but for, for that same person, it might be hard to go try heroin and then come out of it again or try meth once and come out of it again. So there are plenty of people who have um, non-problematic recreational relationships with drugs Mm-hmm. Um, and and society doesn't think any bad any kind of badly about them. So you can you can go to Coachella and be like, oh yeah, that's just Coachella. It's just the way it is, you know. Or yeah. I can go to Burning Man and just be like, yeah, it's just that's just Burning Man. That's how it is. And then come back and there's no society repercussions. But we look at certain people with this very negative view if they have a problematic relationship with drugs. And instead of offering help, we offer shame, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's really sad how we'll, um, we'll attack people in those situations or even just if, it, if they're a different race or a different sex or a different gender identity. It just yeah. we always try to other a group and say, well, I'm not like that, so it's fine. And it, uh, it's really sad to see. Um, how do you blow off stress then when you have a, a rough day or a rough week or a rough three years? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's really nice with those same folks, the harm reduction folks that I work with. Um, we have opportunity to just hang out where mm-hmm. we're not always just sitting around talking about the heavy, like life sucks, society sucks, anarchy. Mm-hmm. Like we have movie nights. And we will try and like support each other by having fun. I have friends who don't do harm reduction work. They, they think it's valuable, but they're not out there doing the same kind of thing that I'm doing. Um, and it's nice to just go, well, we can't right now, but it is oh, nice yeah. to <laughs> leave your <laughs> houses. I know I can't do anything right now, but um, it, in those circumstances, it's nice to just go see a movie. And mm-hmm. so it's not, um, I try not, not to let the work consume every waking moment. Um, it's in that same mentality of do what you can when you can. So I have carved out um, parts of my week and parts of the work that I'm really committed to. And then parts of the week that don't belong to that work. 
mm-hmm. unless like an emergency comes up or something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's another idea. It, it's that same idea of having boundaries. Like um, I have time carved out to do harm reduction work and to go and do those things. And then I allow myself to like come back and step away from it. Um, we've had a conversation like pretty recently in that group of, of folks where it sometimes feels weird to go out and spend a day doing work with folks who are living outside and then be like, okay, you guys want to go to dinner and like go to a restaurant? Like mm. we have to sort of, um, some of us feel comfortable and are fine doing that. Some of us have a hard time switching from one to the other, being faced with, um, with lacking and then like going out to a restaurant or going and getting a beer. Um, for me, I've had that same struggle. Like how do I go from one to the other? Um, but it's been, um, sort of like a, a journey allowing myself to have some things, but it also like giving myself permission to go get a beer and go to the restaurant afterwards if I want to. Mm. Um, but also it has taught me to really kind of evaluate all the things that I want to consume all the time. Like, do I need all those things? No, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sort of balancing like what I actually want to do and how much I need to consume or like go out and, and do. I feel like I wandered away from your question, but <laughs> I think <laughs> you're doing something else now. I know we're, we're, we're in. I asked place. you about Hulu. I don't know where you went. And I ended up at the bar. I don't. You ended up at the bar. <laughs> Damn it. Not again. Um, where, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I think having friends who both friends in the harm reduction community that we can also goof around and be dumb, like mm-hmm. just go do things like bowling or whatever. And then having friends outside of it and not letting it consume every, not feeling like I owe every single moment of my life to mm-hmm. that work because I don't, I owe as much as I can give and want to give. And I owe myself the same amount so that I don't burn out. So I owe myself time that's away from that yeah. um, social work too. So, When did you um, fucking figure that out? Because I'm, <laughs> that's a concern. I'm sorry. No, but I, for me and my stupid friends, no, uh, we, <laughs> we struggle with keeping that balance of just these two hours are just going to be for me. I'm going to turn off for a little bit yeah. and uh, not read stuff about Trump or just whatever stressful thing, trigger thing. <laughs> um, how did you figure that out? How did you finally go, okay, I'm going to stick to this. Um, routine of keeping boundaries. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's real easy for me to tell you things. <laughs> <laughs> it's real easy for me. To, here's my platform and here's what I think. Yeah. About. Um, I think I, I certainly don't have anything figured out, but I, I know what works. I'm getting better, I guess, at knowing what works for me. Um, and my therapist helps quite a bit. So, <laughs> cool. yeah. um, I encourage everyone to do therapy, even if, especially folks who don't think that they need therapy. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, that has helped me kind of understand where I feel overwhelmed and, um, and when, when and why I'm feeling overwhelmed, um, because I have an outside voice that can be like, mm, it sounds like you're spending 24 hours a day thinking about this thing. 
And how, yeah. many, how much time are you thinking about you? Or how much time are you having fun? Um, I think that I learned at some point, I don't know if it was through therapy or just like through living, but that like, I need to give myself permission to have my own fun, whatever yeah. that is. So if it's just like going up and being on Mount Lemon, if it's out being outside, if it's hanging out with my dogs, if it's sitting home watching Netflix, like, and not Tiger King, not Tiger King, no, but something. No. Um, Kipo, have you watched Kipo? No, what is that? Kipo and the Wonder Beast. Oh God, it's so good. Kipo. It's K I P O. I, I think it's in the Valley of the Wonder Beast or and the Wonder uh, Beast and the Age it's of Wonder Beast. Yeah, it's Ooh, a cartoon. Okay, so good. I'm gonna save it's like it. A short, a oh, short. that looks cool. Yeah, it's real good. And there's music involved. It's got a soundtrack you could download. Tight. I have it downloaded. It's great. Cool. Um, so I'm not affiliated with Kipo at all, but I also no. We're sponsored um, by Kipo now. <laughs> okay, great. <That's> what, perfect. <laughs> um. So, what were we talking about? Um, getting back to how did I learn that stuff? Um, yeah. I think, I think, um, I mean, it's been a whole lifetime of learning that thing. I've been social justice motivated since I was like 16. Um, also, an important part of the work for me and recognizing, um, because I am someone who's white and grew up religious, which is, oh, it's a, it's a double threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and middle class, which can be a triple threat. Um, an important part of social work for me is evaluating and has been evaluating, am I trying to help someone with, um, and give them, allow them dignity and autonomy, or am I trying to save them? Am I mm-hmm. trying to make myself feel better by saving a person who I have ideas about? And so undoing for me, maybe not everyone, but for me, a little bit of that came with the religious background that I have. I'm sure, I'm certain some of it came with being white. <laughs> um, and some of it probably came from being middle class and having access to a little bit of money. Um, very little bit. Came from a big family. So we had a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so some of the work that is there is important. It's important for me to understand when I'm when I, if I'm going overboard, it's because usually I'm trying to make myself feel better about something. I am trying to save people rather than just say, here's a resource and how are you doing today? So um, I really check myself sort of on a daily basis even or, or anytime I go out, I kind of check in with myself or I have learned to do this to be like, are you going out with the intent to save people or are you going out to be like, hey, I have some resources. How are you doing today? Is there anything I can help you with? And if not, just be like, all right, it's good to see you again. High five. See you later. No high fives right now. No, high fives. <laughs> nope. You said it. You heard it here. High five no everybody. High five right <laughs> that's how we help people. And just licking people's faces. That's, that's what I and do. And then give them a condom. It's really well received. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> and you learned all of this from Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast? Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. We'll watch it. We'll watch it today then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should. Everyone should. Yes. Uh, so I usually end because I don't have the fourteen ninety nine to upgrade Zoom to unlimited time um, with uh, random questions. Sure. So we'll do that now. Um, that was Batman. Um, what are you currently worried about? I'm worried about my job. Oh, man, I'm a worrier. I could give you a list. <laughs> I want 75 things you're worried about. 
uh, boom. I'm worried about my job probably in the pandemic. I'm an event planner professionally and I event plan for a nonprofit. Um, so it's even yeah. less stable. So um, since event culture is about to change so much and yeah. it has already changed, um, worried about that, worried about living and not being someone who has to live outside. I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> My yeah. dogs can't handle it. So. <laughs> yeah. What website do you visit most often? Oh, no. Probably all social media websites. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I mean, my email, but like probably Instagram is my social of choice. <laughs> yeah. And Twitter maybe afterwards. Uh, what, oh gosh, what causes the most harm in the world, but is completely avoidable? Uh, that was I heavy. Think, what was I drinking? That is heavy. I like it though. Um, I think apathy and I think, uh, that's a great one. Capitalism. Yeah. Uh, what is something you're obsessed with? Ooh, Kipo is a good one. That's an obsession that has happened lately. Um, but that's a show. I started watching, does it count? I started watching Picard finally. I had saved it. I'm so glad I saved it because then the pandemic happened. I'm not glad about the pandemic. Just glad about the time. I'm glad that I saved that show. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else. I, this time of year, I'm usually obsessed with baseball, but that's not happening. So, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, what do you wish you knew more about? Oh, my gosh. So many things. Mm. 75 things, please. <laughs> I wish I knew more about um, technology. I feel like I'm not a very tech savvy person. I do okay because we live in that era where I, I couldn't function if I wasn't able to like turn on a computer and figure out my phone. Mm-hmm. But I wish I could be more functional um, in creating tech things like websites and things like that. Yeah. And I also wish that I was better with financial decisions, like knowing knowing more about finances and what's smart financially i mean not even just stock market stuff but just like basic i'm a middle class person like what's the best way for me to do my finances that's a really Mm. boring answer but it's true (laughs) no it works and then so last one and i think this probably is gives the most insight uh what would be your strategy for a zombie apocalypse Ooh, i think this pandemic has been so pretty close yeah let's talk i mean we could talk for a whole another 45 minutes yeah about folks who are preppers and now they're probably the same folks who are out there like open up the country we can't take it it's been a month oh that's that's happening in phoenix in a couple days oh oh, it's it today yeah I think my zombie apocalypse strategy would be like get away from society if I was able to. I don't know that that's different than anybody else's, but I would try and get, I would take my dogs and we would go up Mount Lemon or we would go like to the coast or something, but like try and get away from people because um, then maybe I could see them coming or maybe everyone else gets eaten first and they'll be full and they won't come looking for me. That's okay. (laughs) I'd love to see a movie about that. You're not full yet. No. You guys are never full. What the heck? God, I just always want something more. 
don't you know about your BMI? You need to slow down. You have to stop eating so much. God damn it. Not again. We're body shaming the zombies, oh, not humans. We'll just body shame the zombies. I'll watch that movie. Yeah, that's ex- <laughs> someone from afar throwing insults at these zombies. Um, yeah. But that's it. Thank you so much for, for being on. And uh, I, again, I appreciate um, meeting you. What? Yeah, meeting you. Um, and uh, I was planning to do this like Easter weekend. Then uh, what happened? Oh, yeah, uh, coronavirus. Um, so, yeah, so, <laughs> but I still, I still wanted to do it. Um, but I'm, so I'm glad we, we got to do it. Yeah, me too. Um, congratulations on your 100th episode. It's the last one. I, no, oh, this okay. is it. Okay. <laughs> this is it. R. I'm R. retiring like this. R.I.P. This is it. <laughs> um, is there a way for people to help with um, the organization? Or wow, organizations you mentioned. Um, if they if uh, they don't feel comfortable uh, doing it physically, or if they just kind of live far away. Yeah, totally. No, that makes sense. And not everybody um, feels comfortable going out and doing that work. It's not safe for everybody either. Um, I think you can get in touch with organizations. There are organizations all over Arizona, actually, that do need help, especially right now, um, now that they're not, not able to get funded any other way. So the organiz- or the grassroots group that I work with is called the Church of Safe Injection Tucson, or it's COSIT, C-O-S-I-T. Um, there's a Facebook for that group, and cash donations are probably the most needed, but if folks do want to come out with us, Um, and do that kind of work they can um, reach out to us there another really incredible um, more professional not grassroots but an actual nonprofit is called Sonoran Prevention Works um, and I often call it SEW for short and they work all over the state all over Arizona um, and they do things like needle exchanges and they get naloxone which is life-saving out to folks um, who need it and I know right now they're having a hard time um, funding wise um, because mm. of the pandemic and everything that's going on. So Sonoran Prevention Works is an incredible organization that does some really amazing work. And we work alongside them down here in Tucson. So I would say both of those are great um, opportunities. And I think people should just learn, learn what harm reduction is, learn why it's important, learn why it is dignity and public health focused. And I think that would be the best first step for like all of society. thank you so much for doing this again um thanks for having me this was fun i'm glad that i met you through serena and i'm glad that i know serena so um you can tell her that i said that you should thank her (laughs) i'll thank her she'll she'll rub it in my face she goes what what, wasn't that a great idea i had isn't it great that you met jess at all because of me yeah see so it'll just root to her um Anyway, and she'll say, yeah. I should have been your interview for the episode 100. She's been texting me too, so I'm not sure. Um, oh, yeah, she, she said she's like that TV mom. <laughs> the wow. same thing that I said. Yeah. So that's why we're friends. <laughs> Perfect. It works out. Um, but thank you again. Let's keep yeah, not course. watching Tiger King. Yeah, we'll keep doing that. And we can have, um, you know, like weekly update meetings if we need to, like support group meetings. <sighs> Of how we haven't watched Tiger King. How we still haven't watched and we're sticking to it. Perfect. All right. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, Michael. Bye. Bye. Oh my God. You should watch this. You're going to love it. I know you really well. And I think you're going to like this tiger bullshit.